let's just bow our head again. But the Heavenly Father, Lord, how we thank you, Lord. How we thank you for we serve a living God. We serve a God that can hear. We serve a God that can talk. We serve a God that can come dwell in the flesh. Not only in Jesus Christ, but dwelling in every flesh that who believe him, Lord. Lord, we give you all the glory that we know that we're not a believing just a mist, but Lord, we're believing a God that is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Lord, we can uh, read the scripture, but Lord, if the Holy Spirit hasn't made that become a reality to us, it's merely just a book. But Lord, in this hour, in this age, Lord, you send down your prophets. Lord, we believe He's not just coming from here, but come from heaven, carried a message from heaven, Lord. Lord, it's the gift that you send it to us, and we're gathering around it. Lord, we saw how the Word has been changing our life, transforming us each day. Lord, we're so thankful, Lord. Lord, we thank you for the words that we heard. Lord, as we this morning, we're going to open up your Word again. But Lord, only you can open your word and reveal yourself to us. Lord, a man can speak, but Lord, it's only take one word from you. Take the Holy Spirit to just come down one time. Lord, you can totally change our situation, can totally change our life. Father, we ask you to come again this morning to speak to our children. Lord, comfort the sorrowful. Lord, strengthen the weak. Lord, uh, give us the word that we need in this hour. We thank you, Lord. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Praise the Lord. And uh, so thankful that our pastor um, doing, uh, said an opening comment. I think that's just uh, totally set the tone for the service today. And that's uh, all our hearts is a desire to get the word to the people. And to see the word, uh, not just intellectually believe, but see the word as transforming the people's life. And, and thank you, Brother Ed. I just wonder if we can just open the scripture. Let's turn to uh, Second King. I think I have some rebound here. Second King, chapter 2. Verse 8. And Elijah took his mantle and wrapped it together and smote the waters and they were divided hither and thither so that they too went over on dry ground. And it came to pass when they were gone over that Elijah said unto Elisha, Ask what I shall do for thee before I be taken away from thee. And Elisha said, I pray thee, let a double portion of thy spirit be upon me. And he said, Thou hast asked a hard thing. Nevertheless, if thou see me when I am taken from thee, it shall be so unto thee. But if not, it shall not be so. And it came to pass as they will, as they still went on and talked, that behold, there appeared a chariot of fire and horse of fire, and parted them both asunder. And Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven. And Elisha saw it, and he cried, My father, my father, 
the chariot of Israel and horsemen thereof. And he sought him no more, and he took a hold of his own clothes and rent them in two pieces. And he took up, and he took up also the mantle of Elijah that fell from him and went back and stood by the bank of Jordan. And he took the mantle of Elijah that fell from him and smote the waters and said, Where is the Lord God of Elijah? And when he also had smitten the waters, they parted the hither and caesar, and Elisha went over. And let's turn to the New Testament, um, Gospel Luke, chapter 19. Verse 12. Gospel Luke chapter 19, verse 12. And it said thereof, a certain nobleman went into a far country to receive for himself a kingdom and to return. And he called his ten servants and delivered them ten pounds and said unto them, Occupy till I come. But his citizen hated him and sent a message after him saying, we will not have this man to reign over us. And it came to pass that when he was returned, having received the kingdom, that he commanded his servants to be called unto him, to whom he had given the money, that he might know how much every man had again by trading. Then came the first, saying, Lord, thy pounds has gained ten pounds. And he said unto him, Well, thou good servant, because thou hast been faithful in a very little have thou authority over ten cities. And the second came, saying, Lord, thy pound has gained five pounds. And he said likewise to him, Be thou also over five cities. And another came, saying, Lord, behold, here is thy pound, which I have kept laid up in a napkin. For I fear thee, because thou art an austere man, thou takest up that thou laidest not down, and rippest that thou did not sow. And it says unto him, Out of thy own mouth will I judge thee, thou wicked servant. Thou knowest that I was an austere man, take up that I laid not down, and rip that I did not sow. Wherefore then givest now thou my money into the bank, that I might coming, I might have required my own with usury. And it said unto them that stood by, Take from him the pound, and they give it to him that has ten pounds. And they said unto him, Lord, he has ten pounds. For I say unto you, that unto every one which has shall be given. And from him that has not, even that he has, shall be taken away from him. May the Lord bless this word. You may be seated. And Lord willing, I would like to uh, uh, speak a subject uh, a uh, double portion, and um, I'll try to uh, uh, connect this to uh, scripture together. Um, but if not, I'll just have to leave it to that other time because um, I know that we have a uh, uh, baptism uh, coming after the service. Sister Sarah, uh, Francis, uh, what a victory, Sister Sarah! And we're so happy for you. And may the Lord bless our dear sister. And uh, as we go into them. Uh, the, uh, the, the into the uh, service uh, to look into the word, uh, but before that, I would like to um, uh, just uh, set a little uh, foundation over here. And as I said, I was really appreciated, Brother Ed was saying, and that's the whole purpose, the Great Commission uh, that we are still here for, because when that commission was fulfilled, and we're out of here. 
And as long as we still uh, here, that means the commission is, hasn't been totally finished. And we need to, to bring the word to the people. And it is the word we're changing people. And it's the word we're transforming the people's life. It's not our ability. It's not our emotion. It's not our sympathy or our compassion. It's not our zeal. But it has to be the word to change the people. Without the word, the people's life cannot be changed. Their conviction might be changed. That, might, that belief might be changed. You might be proselyte them, but only the word can change people's life. And um, in First um, John four eighteen, and the Bible said that there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, because the fear has torment. He that fear is not made perfect in love. And I remember the last time when I was ministering, I was saying there's only the perfect love. Who is the perfect love? God Himself is the perfect love. Only Him dwell in the person, and then that person possesses the perfect love. And if we look into the scripture, it was talk about the Job in the book of Job. And then a perfect face. Brother Bram said in the book of Job, it says here, Job feared. And what he feared, it actually happened. What brought it? His fear. That's what made it happen. His faith would have kept him from it. But his fear brought it to him. Fear is the enemy to faith. And faith is by hearing the word of God. And only by hearing the word of God. But the fear is by the suspicious of doubting the word of God. And he was scared it was going to happen. And it did happen. And Brother said, if you're afraid when you come by the prayer line, maybe I just haven't got a face sufficient. It will never happen. Don't worry. He said, Job had a fear that these things would come upon him. And they did. If you have a fear that your disease is going is or won't leave you, it won't. If you have a face, that it will. He said, you ask any medical doctor, the first thing he will try to get you to do is to have a confidence in the medicine that he is uh, giving you. If the doctor, if you ask a doctor, how is this medication? If the doctor said, oh, I don't know, maybe help or maybe not. Will you have a face to what he give? I'll throw it into the garbage can. Because even the doctor cannot even have a face to it. And how can I trust the one, the prescription that he give it to me? And the same thing, you, you know, the, the, I think I shared this before. Uh, when I first came into uh, become a Christian, I asked a certain the teacher that in the church, you know, what, what does this mean? And all they give to me is not something that's absolute. All they give it to me is that, oh, this preacher said that. That theologian said that. Oh, this uh, great teacher said this. You suit yourself or whatever you, you think you can pick it up for, uh, to suit your own self. I, I was thinking, what kind of a religion is this? You take whatever, this this might be right, that might be right. There's not might be in the word of God. Every word of God is, is a yea and an amen. If just to take the hands of faith, to believe it, to take a hold of it, and it will cut off every promise of a God and for yourself and for your loved ones. And it said, um, if you haven't got no confidence in it, you better live it along. What is it then? It's faith that does the healing. It's faith that does it all the time. But you see, uh, the uh, the brother Bram said that Job feared. And then I see in the scripture, when Job feared, what he feared is to come upon him. So the Lord needs to take the fear out of Job. 
And uh, Bertrand said in an absolute, he said a crisis death was an absolute. It was an absolute. It was the end of all fear to them that was scared of death. His death is an absolute. He said the people fear death, even Job fear death. But as he said, when he had his condition and everything was gone against him, then he saw the vision of, a, of the just one. He wanted to find a man who could stand in the breach for him, put his hand on a sinful man and the holy go and the holy God and stand in the way. It's take a God Himself to let him see the vision to reveal to him, Job, don't be feared. There is a one between you and the death and the God. And that is the one who owns the absolute and who is the absolute. And he said he was a scared of a death. But when he foresaw being a prophet, saw the resurrection of Jesus Christ, he screamed out, my Redeemer liveth. And he said, I know my Redeemer liveth. He said, it's the resurrection. Take away the fear of death. Because no one can conquer death until this resurrected one, Jesus Christ, come. Every people cannot just assume in a presumption, presuming about it and uh, try to study it about it. But when the resurrected one came out, that proved that God's word is the truth. That would take away all the fear of death. And to this resurrection, take the fear out of the death. Because Jesus Christ, He's the overcomer. He overcome the death. And you see, the message of this hour is not just to try to give us a study, give us some doctrine, some new way of living, of a new way of addressing, of the new, uh, of some good citizen or some uh, nice uh, people that, uh, you know, are living in the society. That's not what this message is trying to telling us. This message is to prove the resurrected Jesus Christ that's still the same yesterday, today, and forever. What it did before, He's still doing it today. Nobody can prove it, but the prophet in this age, when God sent in him, he proved Christ is still alive. And there's the people who believe them, believe him, believe in the message that's sitting over here that can still prove that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. It's the resurrection proved that Jesus Christ is still alive. It's the resurrection will take away the fear they give that the people face. That's why Job can say, I know my Redeemer liveth, and at the last day he shall stand upon the earth. And though my skin warm destroy this body, yet in my flesh I shall see God. And Brother said, not nobody else but that Redeemer, God, that's who my eyes behold. He is an absolute. He is the absolute. He takes all fears out of death. He takes all fear. God doesn't take death away. But He takes the fear of the death out of it. That means death has no power. Death becomes a stepping stone for us to get closer to God. Trial has no power. He didn't take a trial away, but He takes the fear of the trial away. In other words, He takes the essential. He takes the element. He takes the cure out of the trial, out of the difficulty. 
He'd taken the fear out of that. But he only used that. But when he'd taken the fear out of that, you'll find out that death only the stepping stone. Trial become a stepping stone. Difficulty become a stepping stone. The things that we seem like is so overwhelming, if God takes the fear out of it, then those things only become a stepping stone that is that the Lord have put the double blessing that upon you. He takes all fear out of a death. And that's why in the first Corinthians chapter 15, and Paul said, Oh death, where is thy sting? Oh grave, where is thy victory? He said, the sting of a death is sin, and the strength of sin is the Lord. But thanks be to God, which will give us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. He took the, the death, he took the fear out of a death. When Job has a revelation, that I take the fear out of him. You see, God didn't take the, the uh, what Job feared uh, off of Job. He didn't, um, um, how to say this? He didn't forbidden the things that Job feared and um, come upon him. God allowed what Job feared come upon him. And then what Job feared, when Job was feared, when he come upon Job, God doesn't just put a hatch that around Job said, you know, I'll protect you. I wouldn't let you this happen to you. Even a Job, even a Satan has an argument with God. God let him to do it. God let him to take it away his camels, take away his horses, donkeys, his property, that is his children, and then even take it as his own health. But God has a perfect confidence. It's not just in Job, but in Job's sacrifice, what he has to sacrifice to the Lord. The token still holds. Brother Bram said in unpardonable sin that he thought maybe that because his children might have sinned some way that he didn't understand that he had sinned. Job made a burnt offering for his children to be sure. He said, I like that. Don't you? He said, interest in your children. Make a burnt offering. Offering up a prayer under the sacrifice of a sheep's death. That is the children will not be lost if they have sinned. That God would have forgiven them of their sins. Then we take them through Job and find out in the end how they paid off. You see, it is always at the end that's the paid off. It's not just what we saw. It's not just what we feel. It's not just what we experience right now in this hour. But it's the end. It will pay it off. He said that God, after Job had went through his time of chastisements and trials, at the end, it paid off. He said that Job never lost any of his children. Think of the deaths of the children. They died. Some was a storm and then the house was a fall on them. There was probably many people can say, look at the death. Look at these things that's happened to them. It must be the curse on him. There's nothing cursed on him. God just chose that to take his children away. But God was a poor double blessing on Job afterward. It's at the end. It will pay it off. He said he will restore all of his sheep, all of his cattle, all of his ox, all of his camel, doubled. And then God restored to give him his children. He said that they were all dead to the earth, but they were waiting in glory for him to come. None of them are lost. God's word is not lie. He never lied before. He never lied now. He never lie in the future. 
the token still hold. Parents is paid off to live a life of Christ. Parents is paid off to hold a standard up and high. No matter how difficult it, no matter how hurting, no matter how people are jeering and mocking at you, but it paid off at the end. Our hope is not just for now. Our hope is for the end when it paid it off. And Job's children, not one of them was lost. God restored them to them. They're all in the glory that are waiting for Job. And God ever gave him seven children, seven, three daughters, I think. I forgot exactly the number. But he doubles the camel. He doubles the sheep. But he never doubles the children. Brother Bram said, why? Because all his children waiting in glory. He said, on all the turmoil and everything was over and then God has taken all of his sheep and his cattle, his horses and things. Then at the end of his chastisements or purging, God doubled him. The double portion come at the end. The double portion is come when the double trials has come on your way. When the double difficulty, when the double people, the people mocking and enduring, people not living just, um, uh, just a lax way, people just not living up to what is the word has said, but you standing true to God's word. You hold true to God's word. Hold your flag up and high. Hold your standard up and high. It paid off at the end. It's not only just a paid off, but God gave you the double portion of it. Job received a double portion afterward. But Rambus said, if he had a 10,000 cattle, he gave him a 20,000 cattle. See? Oh, isn't that marvelous? God purged Job. God purged Job for the purpose to bless him. When God purged you, it's for the way, for the, for the purpose to bless you. If God purged your family, it's not just trying to make the example out of you. It's not trying to just make you feel lose your face or this and that. When you repent before God, it's not just defeated, but it's the victory. God purged Job for the purpose to bless him. And not to bless him just one, but bless him a double time. Don't think it's a curse when the things that are unseemingly are coming upon you. Don't think it's just a curse that was something that's a fall on your family. Maybe your children disobey. Maybe your children is going in the way. Maybe you lost your job and this happened or that happened. It's God purging you. It's not just because of you sin, you done things wrong, God purging you. But a purging, the double blessing, the double portion is come after the purging. There's a more for you. God wants you to get your children back. They may be run away, but when they come back, they're not just a good boy and good girl. God give you a double portion of that. God wants them to be a spiritual one, to be a fervent one, to be a zealous one. That's God's purpose. Good boys are not enough. A good daughter is not enough. He want a born again, fervent believer. He want a double portion of it. He want to give you the double portion. He's not just a God that doesn't let you let escape by the skin of your teeth. He's a God who want to fall down the double portion. But a double portion is come fall over the double trials, the double hardship, the double people, the opposition stand against you. That's where the paid off, the double portion come. 
God never stopped Job to go into the trial. He never stopped Job to go into the things that was so disaster and terrible things that happened to Job. Because in God's mind, Job mind, Job doesn't know. But Job has the burnt offering. Job has the dead, what he need to do. And all the, all the thing he can do is to put his face on the burnt offering. Put your face on the promises of God that revealed to you in this hour. God has vindicated his the truth. His absolute truth has been proven and proven time after time. There's no need for us to reprove it again. God himself come down to prove it. No matter who said what, no matter how people said it, God himself vindicated. This is the word. And you receive it, your paid off day will come. Brother Bramba said, I thought it was awful hard when I was getting, when I was getting mine. He lost his wife, he lost his little daughter Sharon. He said, if it had just been me, I would have failed. But something in me, not me keeping it, it keeping me. What a difficult comment. What's gonna keep you? Not your ability gonna keep you. Not your consulting gonna keep you. Not your psychology can keep you. Not your religion can keep you. But it's the word that you received. It's the Christ that made a reality to you. It's the Christ that revealed to you individually and personally, as Brother Michael was in the preacher on the Wednesday. It's that a personal God that will reveal it to you that will keep in you. It's not you try to keep the religion, you try to keep coming to the church, you try to keep and do this and keeping our children, you cannot keep in your children. But you live a life before God, according to this word, that life will keep them. They might run, but they won't run far away. Something got hold of them. Something was a tie into them. He said, if it had just been me, I would have failed. But something in me, not me keeping it, it keeping me. The question is whether, is whether, is not whether I will hold out or not. It's whether he held out or not. And if he held out, I'm sure to be there then. The question isn't whether I can do it or not. It's whether he did it or not. I believe he did it and that settles it. Brother Brown said in another message, he said that the church has the remedy, but Christ has the cure. The double cure. You see, the church, what he tried to do is only try to hand you out, hand out to you the remedy. He said, if that doesn't work, try this. If this preacher doesn't work, try another preacher. If this televangelist doesn't do the fall, you try another. But you see, church, that's the only thing they can do. But God will hand you out to the cure. He's not trying to try to hand you out to the remedy. Let you cope with your situation. Let you try to put out to the fire. Let you try to cope with your marriage life. You know, try to uh, put to the children, give them some program and this program and that program. And try to just give them some remedy to ease the, the pain. It's not ease the pain, but it's to cure the, the cost of it. But what God gave it to you 
is a cure. When he sends out a message to you in this hour, it's not just to give you the remedy, to tell you how to do this, how to do that, but he give you the cure. As long as you take it, it's not only just to fix you in the end, but it's also fixing you right now. It's the word, it's the Christ that revealed his hour, it still heals. And it still saves. And it still deliver. It still comfort. It still cure the phobia. It still can resurrect the life and make you into the rapture. That is the cure. It's not just a remedy that teach you how to do things, but it's a cure will cure everything that you cannot do. And he said, Brother Ram said, it's a double cure. It's not only just in future, but it's also in now. It's not only to save you, but it also heals you. I better watch my time. This age is the age people want to double. When you go to Starbucks, give me a double shot. That's the first time I ever heard a few years ago. I know it's double shot. Shot for who? Or shot who? And then I try to learn from them. Okay, double shot. I used to have just uh, have a one. I was, okay, I'll try double shot. So the one time I got a, I was just trying to learn from some brother. They take me to the. They said I get. I said okay, I'll try that. Give me a double shot. So they give me a double shot, and my eyes sparkling after I get it. <laughs> and then you die, you got addicted to it because it's double. You go to the Madonna, you want a double petty, Big Mac, and some want triple. And you said, oh, I want to, you know, I want to, or give me a double cream, make it a creamier in my coffee. And it's a, a some, I want a double cheeseburger. And when you got a dick to it, single seems to just not satisfy you. You see, that's what it's, uh, of physical, naturally we're seeing. But you see, spiritually saying, this is the age of double. This is the age, it's not just to live a life, but God wants us abundant life. If there's no double available, single, you have to be content with. But when there's a double available, why settle just for single? If without the message has been proved to us that this is the truth, that you can do more to approve that scripture that is the truth, then it has to be settled. Religion is enough. Going to church is enough. Just sit down on the pew, just be a common lay member, that's enough. You know, just to live a good life, just go to, uh, uh, you know, just to be a, be a, a family man, be a family a wife, and just a, a do the, uh, just a help with the community, that is good enough. Why? Because there is no double coming. 
But when God said that there's a double available for whoever wants it, then why settle just for single when the double is there? When God want to give you the double portion that is in this hour, why we settled just to be a church goer? Why God give you the double portion? Why just settle, said, okay, so someday the Lord is going to, you know, save my children. And I'll just leave that to the Lord. Well, someday that He will do it. Why we cannot just say, the Lord, I've been praying, I've been knowing that your word is to be the truth. Why now? This is the double portion that you give it to me for this age. Is that you have done that, that you give me the power and the authority that I can do the same thing. Why not now? It's the age of the double portion that the Lord want to give it to us. It's not only just to give you a wife, He give you your children, He give you a family, He give you a husband. He gave you a church. Yes. And not only just a local church, He gave it us the other churches. Hallelujah. It's a great commission yes. that He gave it to us. Not settled for just single when there's a double portion that the Lord want to give it to us. It's not just a local church, but He said, I'll give you the double portion of it. If you keep your eyes on me, I give you the double portion. Elisha has a different desire than anybody else. The students of the prophets, they're settled enough for just be a student in a prophet school. But Elisha will never settle that. He wanted even the prophet Elijah try to tell him, I'm going to the vessel, a vessel, you stay here. He said, no, I'm not going to stay here. I want a double portion. And I know only you can give it to me. And they said, I'm going to Jericho. He said, you stay here. Even the prophet tried to discourage him. You said, I saw the discouragement in the message, in the church, in this and that. So what? My desire is for the double portion. Even the prophet cannot discourage him. His eye was focused. I know you have it. I know there's a double portion in the word of a God. I know other people has got it. Why not me? He got a desire of it. He wouldn't let anything distract him. He wanted a double portion. That's why we have a unquenchable desire. To that a word to be speaking out. We have an unquenchable desire to want to see people's lives got saved, Brother Matthew. We had a unquenchable desire, wanted a message to go not only just here, but to go overseas, go China, go Africa, go South America, go everywhere. Why? This is the age of a double portion. We not just want the life mediocre, but we want the life abundantly. If it is not available, we have an excuse. But when there is available, which the message has approved that Christ possessed it and is living in you and living in me, why settle just for single? 
That's why Elisha said, he said, I pray thee that a double portion of thy spirit be upon me. Not just church spirit. Not just a preacher spirit. But thy spirit. Do you know there's a spirit that in the word revealed in this hour? Do you know this message is Christ himself? It's the God in person. It's got to dwell in the flesh and reveal in himself personally, individually, that in front of us. For what? For you to have that desire, Lord, I just want your spirit. That a double portion on me. And he promised that. He said, I go to my father. He said, the things that I do, you shall do also. And the greater things you shall do. Reverend said that that's what a church ought to be doing tonight for a double portion of the Spirit is watching Christ, watching the Holy Ghost, the way it moves. And when Jesus was here and on earth, he was a, the Elijah. These things that I do shall you do also. Greater than these things shall you do because I go unto my Father. Now, how are you going to do it? Watch him. Who is he? The Word. Watch him. That's what Elisha was watching at. He's not watching the left and right. He doesn't be distracted about anything else. He's only watching him. He's watching the Elijah the prophet because he can give him the promise of a double portion. We watch Christ, which you revealed in this message of this hour. When you keep your eyes on him, on the personal God, then the double portion will fall on you. The key is to watch him in order for you to get it. In a message of witness, but Abraham said, but I couldn't keep one eye on the world and one eye on Elijah. He had to put forth, he has to put both eyes right straight on Elijah and follow him. He said, the trouble of it is tonight, we got too many Christian people. Professing Christians got one eye on the world and the outer one on the cross. You got what? Cross-eyed. That's exactly what happened. He said, you will fall as sure as the world. Let your eyes be single. Let your heart be single. Let your thoughts be single. No matter what happens, the character is not just to be patient and do this and do that. The character of a bride is keep focus. Elijah doesn't require Elisha anything else, but only require one thing. He said, when I go, if you see me, you will have that. In another word, lock your eyes on me. No matter what said what, don't bother, don't pay attention to it. No matter if it's good or bad, this and that, and that and that, that, keep focus. Lock your eye on the prophet, on the message, on the vindicated word in this hour. That's where the double portion will come. 
You find out that the people in this age become so fickle. That means easy to change. Is that a right meaning? They're constantly changing. Oh, you got to do this. You got to do this. You got to hear that. You got to hear that. You don't need to hear nothing. He give you the word has been vindicated. Lock your eyes on this. That's where the double portion will come from. Because they're, the reason they're fickle, because they look at too many things. They look at our symptom, they look at our situation, they look at uh, this person said that, or that person go away, or this person stayed, or that person gone. Instead of a lock their eye on word of prophets that has to give it to us. He said, you're my witness after you receive the double portion. Let's watch him. Keep your eyes on him. The mental is down. The mental is here tonight. That same Holy Spirit that was upon Jesus Christ is in this church tonight to robe any believer that's in here with power from on high. Then you will be his witness in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, South Africa, Asia, wherever you go, the same yesterday, today, and forever. To keep your eyes on Christ is easy when everything goes smooth. When everything go according to your will, it seems like you're just sailing along, everything's fine. But when the contrary come, when opposition come, that'll take a really grace of God and the double strength for you to keep your eyes and still lock on Christ. Not on anything else. When the things has come, when a disaster or terrible situation that happened to us, you know, the people they tend to, they, they tend to try to explain it. We don't need to explain anything. All you need to know that God's in control. Sometimes the things that happen in our life, it seems like it so discourage us. And it makes us, uh, seems like it's so hurting that, uh, because uh, we don't know why happened. We don't know how these things has happened. But you see the discouragement that Elijah had, it was coming from the prophet Elijah. Elijah tried to say to Elisha, say, you just wait over here. You know, just come to the church is good enough. You've been in the message for 30 some years. That's good enough. You can retire. You can do it. You can rest. You can just sitting there just cruising along. If our pastor hasn't do that yet, you have no excuse to do that. Is our pastor still going? That in the 80 some years of old, I still have a passion, has a zeal to get a message out. It behooves to us that we do all we can to bring the word out to the, the people we're asking to hear of. It behooves to us to live a life before the, the people. No matter what happens, then that spirit is on us. As I was just said before, the character is not just, uh, you know, we try to, uh, you know, try to uh, work our way to it. You know, where we're at, we're going through trials. So yeah, we got to be have a patient. This is a training time for us. 
I think that one of the things that was a really, that a character that, that a to the need to have is in this confusing age, that in this uh, distracting age, that it keep our eyes on the prophet's message. Because of the prophet Elijah, tell Elisha. He said, now you've asked a very hard thing. Because he asked for a double portion. But he said, if you see me, when I go, you will receive it. In another word, you have to be focused on the vindicated word. God has approved that prophet to Elisha. And God has approved of this prophet that to us. That's why Brother Bramman said he didn't pay any attention to those things. He said, hey, we got a better organization than yours. He kept his eyes on Jesus. Just keep moving right straight on. He said, hey, I'll tell you, you're going to be a fanatic if you follow the whole line of doctrine you're in. But just keep his eyes on Jesus. Just keep moving right on. Why? He wanted a double portion. The prophet said, but he promised that a greater things than this would be done. See, now why? Is in more because, I said, uh, you see? Now why is in a more evil day than he was when he was here? We said, why do we need a double portion? Because we live in the more evil day than any age that's ever been in history. But see, it's still Him. But using your tabernacle. That's why He wants to give us a double portion. Because He knows this is the evil day. And that's why we want to. We desire that double portion. Because we recognize this is a more evil day than ever. Amen. Satan was totally... The demons was released. You see, the God takes His man, but never His uh, spirit. You know, the Satan taking his man, but never his spirit either. Can I imagine all these years, thousands of years, how many people died without Christ? If I can say that just frankly, it's the demon possessed the people. And it's the evil day, the thousands of years ago, because of the same spirit and never die. The same demon spirit and never die. All these demons that has been perverted in a Roman's time, in the middle age, in every age, those demons never die. Those demons has been studied human being. Those demons has possessed one after another after another. Think about it, how much strength they jump from one person to another to another, just getting eviler and eviler and eviler. And all this spirit is just from one person to another. That's why you see the age become more evil than ever. Because of those spirit, it never goes away. Those spirit are just becoming more smarter. Because they study human being with all these years. They become more cruel. Because they haven't been possessed one after another. It just makes them even worse. All this spirit of demon, Satan take away the man, but never his spirit. 
That spirit is just all this year becoming more intensified. And just making this even worse. There's a 200,000 thousand demon that was released in this last age. If that not worse enough, the Satan said, I'll add more on it. And I 200,000 and thousand is for who? And it's strictly for the pride of Jesus Christ. There's not a 200,000 thousand believer on this earth. I don't think so. I think about each person allocated how many demons. And that's just extra. And there's all this uh, battle trend that the demons all these years. And it's still that they release on this earth. But don't be worried a little, right? As the demon was released, the Holy Spirit was released too. God know that we're living in an evil age. You will need a double portion. That's why the Holy Spirit was releasing in this age in a double portion, triple portion, more portion that you to the people that need it. He said that in the feast of a trumpet, he said the Holy Spirit it has been bound, not that a river of ready, but that a door of a craze and dogmas. That the Holy Spirit can't work in the church because of man-made system. But he was, but he said that the Holy Spirit has been bound by his denominational rivers for almost 2,000 years, but it's to be loosed in an evening time. By the evening time message, the Holy Spirit back in the church again. Christ Himself revealed in human flesh in the evening time. He said and He promised it. And we see that scripture fulfilled in our ears. Then the prophet said, it's what God says. That is the word. The bride is the wisdom words. They're one. How can they be one? When they're, when thy word, they wrote in there become in you. And make you and the word become one. That's exactly what he promised. He said, then it interpret. God don't need an interpreter. They say, well, we interpret it like this. You got no right to interpret nothing. God does his own interpretation. If we can just settle our faces on that, let us remember we don't need to interpret anything. When a word is said, he heals you, and then a word is said, that's and we believe that. If the word said, he will transform our life, then we believe that. If the word said, that I will save your children, and that is the word said, then we set our face on it. There's no need of interpretation. The prophet says this, prophet says that. Prophet has said, he asks us to believe it. It's the same spirit, but God gave us a double portion of it. He said, the same Holy Spirit that was upon him fell on the church. He said, and he said, the thing that I do shall you do also. And greater than this, a double portion of the same Holy Spirit that was upon Christ is upon the church. 
He said that a portion, double portion of the Holy Spirit that was upon Jesus Christ was sent back to the church to minister and to carry on the work until He come. And the people claim that they have a double portion, they have a double anointing, but it's from a different spirit. You have to be a double portion of the anointing from the same spirit. And that spirit can only fall on the word of God in this hour. And he said that they sinned as he was taken up and away there in the same city until the promise come. And the Holy Ghost, which Jesus was anointed with, come back on the church in a double portion. So if your soul has been stirred and your reasons cast down, there's nothing impossible to the true and living God. Cast down your imagination. Cast down your reasoning. He said all things are possible to him that believe. We saw Elisha. He wanted a double portion because he needed. And then Elisha, he got a right view toward Elijah. He knew that only this prophet possessed a double portion. And so that's he said, I want your spirit. But not only just your exact, your, your, uh, uh, a spirit of single, but I want a double portion of your spirit. Amen. What a spirit is that to own, Elisha. He's not just, uh, satisfied with just, uh, you know, enough is enough. You know, I go to church, I'm a message believer, but he want a double portion of it. I pray the Lord that that the same spirit anointed at us. Never take it as a, just as a satisfying and that's to take it as a, just be content that oh, this is it. We want a double portion of it. We want to see more of it. That will become a driving power driving the bride forward. Hallelujah. And then in a scripture and in the book of Luke that we just read, we saw this, uh, this is the parable of Jesus Christ that he, uh, gave each pound I'll give each person one pound and ask them to be occupied until he come. And the first person who got a 10 pound, who again, the 10 pounds with that. And the second person got a, a five pounds with it. But uh, the third person, and he uh, got a one pound, uh, just the same as the other person gets. But instead of to make it a uh, interest, uh, even from the bank, but he doesn't do anything. He just keep it in a napkin, and uh, until the master come back, and then he give it back. He said, "Oh, this is uh, what you give it to me." And uh, you know, I'm afraid uh, that you are uh, a hard man. You're harsh. You're rough. You're rigid. Uh, I, I don't know how to pronounce that word. Uh, Oster, uh, Osters. And uh, uh, he said, "You know, you're you, you know, the, the the place that you didn't sow, then you ask uh, to rape, and, and uh, the things that you didn't straw, then you ask to uh, the harvest." He said, "You're just a harsh man." You see, this person doesn't have the revelation. This person had a wrong view toward his master. And this person. Also, if we can see, he doesn't see the necessity of to make what God give it to him, to let it grow, to let it, um, 
get an interest. Whenever you receive a life, the life will definitely grow. You cannot say that you receive the life, you receive the person, you receive the Jesus Christ, and that Christ doesn't grow, just stay dormant. That's impossible. If you claim that you believe Jesus, you claim that you have the life of a Christ, that life have a self-driven power in it. But this person doesn't feel there's a need to have the double portion, if I can put it in that way. You know, sometimes you see that the person, that he can have this message for years, but just with intellectual understanding, and without putting it into action, and without putting their faith to believe it, and you'll find out they never grow. Year after year, they have a genuine anointing from the Lord. They have a genuine pound or I will say the gift or whatever the life that God gave it to them, but they will never grow. They never see the necessary to get a double portion. They just become ten. No, this is enough. I just go to church. You know, I just do what I always do. I just have my family. You know, I have my children with me. I have my wife. I have my husband or, or whatever that is. I would go to work and come back and that's good enough. I'm just waiting for the rapture. You're going to for sure miss the rapture. The master calling his servant said, Occupy till I come. A lot of people are occupied. Brother Ed asked me, Are you preaching them a sad or preaching them happy? I said, I'll preach them a sad first and then I'll preach them happy. Occupied till I come. That is the commandment that he give it to all the servants. We find out that many people they are occupied. They're occupied by their job. They're occupied by their study. They're occupied by their education. They're occupied. But just talk about this and talk about that. They're occupied by murmuring and complaining. They're occupied by doubt. They're occupied by just lazy around without doing anything. They're occupied. They're occupied by the worldly things. They're occupied by their family. They're occupied by entertainment. They're occupied by gossip. They're occupied by busybody to say this and to go there. They're occupied by just hearing some news. They're occupied by so and so did what and so and so did that, so and so did that. They're occupied by many things. But the master said, occupied till I come. That means that the purpose of our occupy is for his coming. He will ask you to give account. What do you do with the message that I give it to you? What do you do with the pounds that I give it to you? Occupied for the purpose that I'm going to come back. 
That is the why we need to be. That is the whole purpose that we need to be occupied with. Goal is that He will come. Then I occupied for His coming. That is the purpose we need to be occupied. And He gave us a pound. He gave us a talent so that we can use that to occupy, to do things, to be busy with it for His coming. But we see this person, he doesn't see the necessary of the double portion. That it was occupied with all different type of things instead of occupied for his coming. That is a view for the master was totally wrong. I'm saying that some people when they see the message and they saw that they got a totally wrong view of what their master is. They said to the master, like this person that said, you know, he's a harsh, he's a hard, he's a rigid. In another word, this person has already had a problem with his master. He already got a problem, I would say, with the messenger, with the prophet. And he can never make this a message to leave, to live. Though they had an anointing, they had a gift. And God has given them another pound. Given them whatever that they needed so that they can have the double portion. But he got a wrong view of his master. It just said to some people, when they look at the message, when they look at the Christ, they didn't say the mercy, they didn't say the grace. They didn't say that the message is Christ himself. All they say is, a, all they say is, you know, he's a hard man. He's given so much burden, son. Why would woman have to wear this? You know why woman has to have a long hair and it was a long skirt and, you know, why do we, we want freedom. We want to drink beer as much as we can drink. You know, we want to just go to whatever church that we, we can go. Why are you so narrow minded? Why we cannot have a fellowship with us, have fellowship with fellowship with all these different things? You are different. He makes you a different, a unique people. He sets you a different, you're a different priesthood. Priesthood. You're in the, in the, in the false anointed one. They said, oh, we're all the same. We're not the same. We're not settled for single. We won't be settled one till we have the double portion. That's why we keep our eyes on. That's why we keep our eyes on the prophet's message. We are not the same. This person, he already got a problem with the message. That's why all his view, it just say you're a hard man. This is burdensome. You're narrow minded. You never let us do this. You never let us do that. And then the Lord came, said, I would judge you with your own mouth. Because that's what you say. That's what you see. And if you notice that this problem never manifest until the master came back. His view toward the master is all hiding in him. 
But only when a master came back, it started to come out of on the surface. Until the time of them have to giving account, it come to a showdown. Then is the problem rise up to the surface. Whatever hided in him, he hided whatever the God gave it to him. He never makes it a word to live. He never used that for the kingdom of a God. All is the problem. All is the view. All is the problem with the messenger. And the message is the one on the time come to giving account. It all come to the surface. Then the judgment come because what he said. And that's what's happening in this age. If we just believe, we just come to the church, everything is alright. But when it comes to the showdown time, when it comes to the time, every one of us, we have to give account. What you occupied with. I give you the gift. I give you the anointing. I give you a pound. I give you the message. Then a master come back said, what did you do with the message I give it to you? What did you do with the message I give it to you? Let us be soberly thinking about that. Oh, I occupied with my family. I occupied with my job. Well, that's a spiritual too. You know that? Yes. But what did you do? Was the message that I give it to you. I think I shared it last time. I said it briefly. I said that many people can do a lot of things with the message. But very few people can do things for the message. It's the woman will be forever recorded. When they done something for the message of this hour. For that hour. He poured anointment and break the alabaster oil. And he poured anointment on the Jesus Christ. He done, she done something for the message of that hour. People don't understand every problem with it. But Jesus said, wherever preach the gospel, will preach that woman. Because she done something for the message. If we have a mission report, the whole purpose of that to do something for the message. And he was that thing, he didn't do nothing. You have a gift. You have an anointing that God gave it to you. He gave you the greatest thing that you can ever have. To reveal to Christ in this hour. But you see, the problem never manifested. Until this harvest time. Until this time of a giving account. That's why it paid off to be focused. That's why it paid off. We have an example that's sitting behind me. That a year after year, he put his eye, focused on one thing. Get a message out. Get a message out. That's why God blessed us. That's why God blessed the COVID-19 Bible way. Because we keep our eye locked on that. And there are some people, the God of the Spirit and anointing, 
That is a genuine anointing. Don't you ever say those people who left doesn't possess the genuine anointing from the Holy Ghost. The some of them they do have the genuine anointing of the Holy Ghost. But they forfeited it. They've gone back to the world. Become the enemy of the gospel. Brother Bram said in anointing one at an end time. Do you believe that anointing on those people means that it's anointing of the Holy Spirit? Yes, sir. The genuine Holy Spirit of God upon a person, and yet they are false. He said, now listen close and see what he said. And they shall show signs and wonders and so much that will deceive the very elected, if it were possible. And they are anointed with the genuine Holy Spirit. Then he said they were anointed with the genuine thing. But be false prophet of it and false teacher of it. The anointing is absolutely genuine. But it's a vessel, it's wrong. And some God anointed him to preach. Some God anointed him to sing. Some God anointed him to play instruments. Some of God anointed him to act in a skit. Some God anointed him to be administrating. To anoint him to be a helper. To anoint them to do mission works. To anoint them to prophesy. To anoint them to pray. To anoint them to visit the sick. And afflicted. To anoint them as a deacon. To anoint them as a trustee. To anoint them as teachers. To anoint them as a principles of a BCA. To anoint them with the genuine anointing. But some of the vessels are wrong. The anointing is the genuine anointing. But when they forfeited it, when Adam forfeited it, the title did, where the title did went. It doesn't went back to Satan. The man gone but the spirit go back to what? Go back the title deed. Go back to the original owner. Whatever Adam forfeited it. It went back to God. The title deed went back to God. The everything that is genuine. It went back to God. But God doesn't keep it for himself. And he gave back the title deed. To the prophet on earth. And then he gave it to us. Give it to you. And give it to me. And it is the same thing. The genuine anointing. When they forfeited it. It doesn't go to Satan. The pound that he gave it to them. It was still that the master gave it a pound. But when they forfeited it. Guess what? It went back to you. It went back to the original owner. It went back to God because that spirit is the Holy Spirit. That is the genuine anointing. But God doesn't hold that in his hand. He said, I'm going to find the one that is after my own heart. I must let the spirit come on those people that are after my own heart. 
They forfeited it. They went back to their own place. But the spirit went back to God. And he said, I will send down that spirit again. They forfeited it. They cannot go all the way to get to uh, all the way to the end to be with the Lord. That the preaching anointing went back to God. The spirit went back to God. But God doesn't keep it as in heaven. He sent it down on earth. And then that anointing of our preaching fall on another person. That anointing of a ministering and then fall along another person who the Lord will consider after my own heart. Isn't that a scripture said? Those that are who has, I will give them more. Those who hasn't, even what they had, I will take it away from them and give those one that humbly follow me, that keep their eyes on me, I give them the double portion. When they forfeited it, then they said, I'll give them the preaching anointing to Abisco, to Tom Ray, to John Andy, to Tim Dodd. No, Lord, they already have 10 pounds. Why you need to give it to them? Because you forfeited it. Then I will give them more to those who has already. I've given an anointing of all the ministrating because they forfeited it. But I want to give it more. I take that of what they forfeited it. I give it to Michael. I give it to this person. I give it to Tim Dodd. I give it to those. The forfeited mission, anointing, I would take it back. I'm not just leaving it with myself. I would take it back. I would send it down again. Whatever they forfeited, it's never going to be wasted. But it's just going to be coming back to those people and who will follow after the Lord. Who humbly walking before them. He said, what you have, I will give you more. Amen. The anointing of a helping. They said, if they forfeited, I would take it in the back. I will give it more to those people who is willing to do the, do things according to the word of God. The forfeited of the anointing of the singing. I'll put that on right. The forfeited of the spirit, anointing of a plain instrument, I put it on band. I put it on this, I put it on that. As long as you humble yourself, follow after God. As long as you keep your eyes watching the prophet message, the double portion, where they forfeited it, will come back on you. It's the genuine anointing. But it's a double portion. When they keep their, keep their walking with the Lord. He said, for unto everyone that hath shall be given. And he shall have abundance. But from him that has not shall be taken away even that which he hath. As the musician come. As we get ready for the baptism. Elisha. Keep his eye. On Elijah. 
in order for him to get a double portion. If we keep our eyes on the vindicated truth that in this hour, the double portion will fall on those that sincerely, faithfully follow after the Lord. Elijah, keep his eye on Elijah. And when Elisha got his, uh, got the robe from Elijah, that he tore apart his own clothes. He doesn't need that anymore. All he need is just the mantle from the prophet. And all what we need, cast down all our reasonings. Humbly follow the Lord. You'll find all the, all the forfeited. God was sending down to the person. Even you already have it. But God will double that. He will put more strength on you. He will give more anointing on you. He will give more the spirit of administration on you. He will give whatever that we needed in the body of Jesus Christ. If you follow after the Lord, He will give that to you. What they have... To everyone that has, and it shall be given unto them, so that he shall have abundance. What a message that we have. What a word that we have to reveal to us in this hour. I think it behooves to us to make everything, to put everything that we can occupy till he come. Occupy with the right thing. Not occupy with the wrong thing. Not occupy with the things that just idling. Then I was thinking about how the anointing, how the spirit, a genuine anointing, how can people forfeit to that? How can people just hide it? How can people just leave it? Just take it just randomly. But then, how thankful to the Lord. And then he never let his anointing wasted. And he put an anointing in a double portion on each member that on the body of Jesus Christ. What you have, and he'll be, and he shall have more abundance. Let us stand. Do you know the song? Something keep holding me. Let's just sing together and worship the Lord. Be thankful for everything the Lord has done to us. It's not for us to say, oh, this is wrong, that is wrong. Just forever be thankful that God let His anointing, that His Spirit be fallen upon you. That is what you, that so that you can be have, have that at abundantly. Let us sing the chorus first. Something keeps holding me
voice that has to sing that again. Something keeps holding me. Try to holding on, but he's is holding. It's not how much of that we can hold, but he's already held. Amen. What is, can, we, uh, can we sing that you may you uh, you may bind, but you won't break? Uh, Ryan, that's the. Yeah, that's in the chorus. But you
brother, sister, Sarah. Amen. No chance can bound us anymore. Amen. And she's the free man. I mean, the free woman now. Praise the Lord. You may be seated. This is a wonderful moment for the presence of God. If we could see the angels that uh, line these walls and the Holy Spirit. God himself, they're so pleased with this, what's happening today. This is our dear sister Esperance. So happy to have her mother and auntie here today to uh, witness this wonderful day. Sister Sarah has been attending the church since April. She has seen the life of our brother Jason King as they uh, work in Bellingham. She started to stream the meetings and she came just around Easter time and has been coming to the services. And God's been cleansing her life. Justification. Sanctification. And she knew that this was the next step for receiving the Holy Spirit. She's a living miracle. Uh, Sister Sarah is evidence of the power of God. She's evidence of the love of God as it's brooded over this earth. And she surrendered and given her life to Christ. And I I just want to speak for just a moment about her past. I want to speak about her present. But I'd like to speak about her future. And I think it's good to say that Sister Sarah's past is in the sea of forgetfulness. Hallelujah. All the past is in the sea of forgetfulness. And the present is she's desiring to be married to Jesus Christ. In Romans chapter 7, Sister Sarah, this is for you. Verse 4. This is uh, Brother Branham's scripture for invisible union. I'd like to take this for Sister Sarah's baptism. Romans 7 verse 4. Wherefore, my brethren, ye also are become dead to the law by the body of Christ, that you should be married to another, even to him who is raised from the dead, that we should bring forth fruit unto God. For when we were in the flesh... The motions of sins which were by the law did work in our members to bring forth fruit unto death. But now, hallelujah, now we are delivered from the law that being dead wherein we were held, that we should serve in newness of spirit and not in the oldness of the letter. Praise God. This is a great day for Sister Sarah as she looks forward to the future. Her past is forgotten. Her present is she's being married to Christ. And her future is from the book of Isaiah. What a wonderful place to speak about Sister Sarah's future. Where do we go from here? The Bible says in chapter 65 verse 17, this is God speaking To Sarah also, for behold, I create new heavens and a new earth, and the former shall not be remembered, nor come into mind. (laughs) Hallelujah. I thought, what a scripture for Sister Sarah's future. The former life or the former earth or her past life shall not be remembered, nor come into mind. Come into his mind. And now that she's taking on the mind of Christ, 
it doesn't have to come into her mind. But be ye glad and rejoice forever in that which I create. This is God speaking to Sarah. For behold, I create Jerusalem a rejoicing and her people a joy. And I will rejoice in Jerusalem and joy in my people. And the voice of weeping shall be no more heard in her, nor the voice of crying. Sister Sarah is joining the new Jerusalem. Praise be to God. What a trophy of God's amazing grace. I believe all heaven is rejoicing. We're we're very calm right now. But in just a few moments, all heaven is going to break out loose here. And if some of that could be piped down into this sanctuary, some of us would rejoice too. God is happy. We are thrilled. And I can say Satan is angry and he's upset. Because he's losing one of his trophies. I want to say in conclusion, Sister Sarah, which we've spoken to, and I trust you'll get to know many here and their testimonies too, that a a predestinated seed has come home. A pre-planned daughter of God has arrived. And we rejoice. An elected seed, an elected heart has been restored. And standing in the water today, Sarah, is the fulfillment of the promise word for our day. If you don't mind to look any further, it's in the water today. She's a fulfillment of what the message of the hour produces. Thanks be to God that God has made a way for Christ himself to come along Sarah's way. And that she would have a seed inside of her to respond and say yes. Sister Sarah, welcome to your new life in Christ. I think we all could say, Sister Sarah, welcome home. And after this morning, Brother Murphy, Sarah is not settled for a single. She wants to be married to Christ. (laughs) Hallelujah. What a promise. Glory to God. All right, let's have a word of prayer. And Sister Sarah will just bow our heads in a word of prayer. And Our dear Father, Lord, to be standing with your word made flesh today in this hour of evil and perversion. And to know that in the midst of all of that comes a seed, comes a lily, comes a rose, comes a beautiful flower. Over the last five months, we have seen a life literally being transformed right in our midst. She loves your word. She loves the believers. She loves the family of God and what she has heard and seen. And the messages that have been delivered by the local brothers and by others that have visited and those that she's heard has Awaken something deep within her heart. Today we're here to rejoice with our dear sister Esperance. And we pray the Holy Spirit, Lord, as we've spoken and she has seen it in the word of God. That her past life would be put down under a grave. That she would rise in newness of life. 
that this today is being witnessed by the angels and by your presence and by the host of believers. That our dear sister Sarah would be filled with the Holy Spirit. That you would grant to her what you have done for so many. We welcome her to the family of God. We throw open our arms to the dealings of your spirit within her private life and her sacred sands of her experience. And we rejoice with the angels. Today is a great day for the kingdom of God. And to see Satan's kingdom destroyed and put under her feet. What a testimony. And we will declare it and not be ashamed of it. That our sister Sarah Esperance is a manifestation of your word for this day. Now Lord would you come as she has repented. As we baptize her in water. May you come and fill every part of sister Sarah's life. With the Holy Spirit. And her body, spirit, and soul will be healed, transformed, made alive, inspired from eternity. In Jesus Christ's name. Our dear sister Sarah, according to your faith in Jesus Christ, I baptize you in his precious name. The name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's stand. Do you remember the time that you went to the baptism tank? The old person's dead, and the new person's arise. Shall we sing the, uh, He has forgiven me? What a wonderful feeling that we know that we've been forgiven. Everything that they used to be, they all put in the seed of forgetfulness. Let's sing together.
Jesus. Lord, how we can remember that you forgive our sin, Lord. Lord, how many things has uh, laid in our memory, the things that we've done, the things uh, that we should do, we never do, and uh, the evil things that, that we used to do. But Lord, those things were still in our human memory. But Lord, it will be never, never in your memory, Lord, because the blood has washed us clean. We thank you, Lord. We thank you for the grace of God. We thank you for the blood of Jesus Christ. Lord, you have considered us, imputed us the righteousness, not us, not ours, but yours. Lord, you consider us as pure as it can be, as we never sing in the first place. Lord, that is all the glory to you. We thank you that you let our sister Sarah, Lord, she give her whole heart to you. Lord, she, uh, Lord, all the things that in the past, Lord, you put everything in the state of seat of forgetfulness. Lord, I just pray that the Holy Spirit raise a, a new sister that arise from the the room of the past, but the let her become forever changed, that the life will be forever transformed, that she forever living for you. We thank you, Lord. Be with my dear brothers and sisters. Lord, I just pray that the Holy Spirit anoint them, Lord. Give them the double portion that we so needed in this hour. Lord, and may we humbly follow after you. Lord, and may the Spirit of a God anoint them in their work. May the Spirit of a God anoint them in their school, in their job, in everything that they do. Lord, and may we be occupied for the coming of the Lord Jesus, as we know is so close to us. We thank you, Lord. Be with Brother Tom, Brother John, as they're making their trip down to Seattle. Blessed the service tonight over there. Let your presence be felt at it again. Lord, anoint you, your servants. Lord, when we um, take this message, then go to a different place and to try to bring the message to the less fortunate one who never never heard of it. Lord, may the same Holy Spirit anointing us so that the last seed can be found, that can be pulled back to the sheepfold so that we can go home. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. May the Lord bless you. She can with each other. See, God bless you. Until we see you on Wednesday.